This is episode number 12 with Maria Fuller, the founder of Raising a Powerful Girl. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, it's Michelle and welcome back to another episode. I have on a really interesting woman entrepreneur today. Her name is Maria Fuller and she is the founder and thought leader behind RaisingAPowerfulGirl.com as well as the Empowered Girl app. Now, Maria and I connected when she invited me to be a guest on her podcast and asked me to talk about the importance of modeling self-love and self-care for our children, especially for our girls. And you may not be a mom to a daughter. You may just have boys or you may not be a parent. So I will say that this episode will be particularly helpful for parents of little girls. Her app is geared for girls around the ages of 8 to 14. Um, But I will say, if you've ever considered developing an app, um, one of the reasons I wanted to have Maria come on is because she did it all by herself and she's not even techie. She learned how to do it from a Google search, which I thought was really interesting. And so she tells that story and how she figured it all out. And as always, you know, with all of these women entrepreneurs, I dive deep into their stories. I have them, I really like to dissect how they came up with the concept and then took the concept to the next step and to the next step to launch and then to actually have a viable company. And so I think there's always so much to learn from another woman's entrepreneurial journey. And Maria shares such great tips at the end of this episode. I love her three actionable tips she leaves us with. Uh, Maria is also a contributing writer to Thrive Global. She's been featured on numerous online publications as a sought-after expert on girls' issues. And just for you girl moms out there, one of the reasons that Maria wanted to start this was just seeing the rising rate of anxiety and depression in girls And through her own research and her own experience, understood the importance of creating and fostering personal development skills at an early age to really empower these young girls. And she has some amazing women mentors that come on as guests on the app. A recent one was Victoria Arlen, who was recently on Dancing with the Stars. And Victoria's story in itself is just remarkable. So I think you'll enjoy this episode. There's so much great information and takeaways from it. So let's meet Maria. Hey, Maria, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much, Michelle. I am so excited to be here today. I'm so thrilled to have you on. I love your story. So we connected when I was a guest on your podcast, Raising a Powerful Girl, and I just, I ended up falling in love with your story and invited you on my podcast. We share a love of empowering women and empowering girls. So can you take us into your story? Because I found it really interesting. You started out as a paramedic and then, you know, at some point developed this amazing app, uh, which I would love for you to tell us about, empowering, which empowers girls, the Empowered Girl app. 
And I love how you write it for clever, creative, and inquisitive girls. I love the choice of words you've used. But could you take us on your journey of how you started and got to where you are today? Sure. Well, first of all, thanks again so much for um, having me here on your show. We did have such an awesome conversation. It's so great when you meet someone else that just has kind of like the same brain as you that we could just sit there and converse all day long. So I'm really honored to be here. Yeah. So I started my, um, I guess, professional career, you would say, as a paramedic. And that really started because um, I was always a creative person and I was a bit of an introvert as a child, very studious. um, And my parents kind of guided me towards not doing something in the arts because they said that there wasn't money in it and you couldn't make a career out of it. So I think my second passion was always helping others. And I actually started out pre-med, switched to nursing, and it, I just didn't really find the right find the right fit. And I stumbled upon um, becoming a paramedic. So I have my bachelor's in um, health science and women's studies. Uh, funny enough, I had no idea I was actually going to use that later on mm-hmm. um, and became a paramedic at, here in, in New York City and Long Island. And I think one of the things that I loved about be- becoming a paramedic and working as a paramedic was one that I was a female working in a male-dominated field. And that taught me a lot about leadership, um, about women, uh, you know, shattering glass ceilings, um, how to find my space and my voice in a male uh, dominated world. And also being a paramedic or medicine in general is extremely creative and artistic, especially the type of work that I did working in trauma or dealing. Um, I did a lot of work with bringing patients from uh, smaller hospitals that didn't have facilities or capabilities of, of taking care of patients and trying to stabilize them or do as much uh, care and intervention that I could and then bring them to my hospital. And that required an extreme amount of out-of-the-box thinking, really fast, responsive thinking as well, um, because a decision that you make you know, in 30 seconds can result in life or death for someone. So I love that field. Um, I loved my time working as a paramedic. It was extremely intense uh, time-wise and emotionally and physically. And unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to see it, I was hurt on the job three weeks before I got married. And that ended my career. Um, I did have a permanent injury to a nerve in in my shoulder and my neck. So I was um, unable to be able to lift and um, carry equipment, carry patients, move them around in a manner that um, I needed to for the job. And I just didn't find at that point that I was being satisfied in my career. So I kind of started diving into this concept of being an entrepreneur, but I I didn't really use the word entrepreneur for myself for a very long time. I didn't see myself that way because, you know, in my mind, I went to school for medicine. That's what I was educated in. Um, Anything else I did on the side was kind of like a hobby. And with the birth of my first daughter, I had a really difficult pregnancy. Um, I had a hard postpartum period with her and I had uh, a really bad bout of postpartum depression, borderline psychosis with her. And my husband, I think, um, you know, I met him when I was 18. We've been together for a very long time um, and he knew me so well. He wanted to give me something that would bring passion back to my life, back to my eyes. And we were gifted a camera, a digital um, camera. This was just about 10 years ago. So DSLRs were just becoming popular. And he was always an avid amateur photographer, him and his family. And he wanted to teach me how to use the camera. So this is where my story is actually really funny. Um, And I was actually going through it today in my head. I fought with him for like two months about this. He's like, I'm going to teach you how to use a camera and learn to shoot in manual. I was like, you're out of your, your mind. I don't do math. This is an electronic. I'm not a tech savvy person. I can't learn photography. This whole concept of ISO and aperture and all these numbers 
terrified me. Yeah, uh, I can relate to that. I can relate yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a tech girl. Like, yeah. I fix boo-boos and people that are, like, <laughs> you know, dying and stuff like that. Like, sure. don't give me electronic. And finally, um, I lost the battle. And I said, okay, you get one night one night to try to teach me this. And we sat down on the couch the baby was finally asleep and we opened a bottle of wine. And in four hours, he taught me how to shoot in manual, um, on a little Nikon D 80 with a 50 millimeter lens on it. And my life was forever changed. So I took that camera and I photographed my daughter and I spent all this time taking pictures of her and, and I became absorbed with, with learning and, and just immersed myself in forums and books and art and studying lighting and how to edit and all of this stuff by myself. Um, and to make a, a wrap that series up really quickly, um, my business took off as a photographer, um, magazine covers. I was on Rachel Ray for my work, um, lots of really great stuff. But through all of this, I still felt unfulfilled. Um, I think for a long time or probably my whole life, I've kind of felt like I was, a outsider looking in. I never quite fit in with everyone. I call myself the black sheep of the family. I'm a feather ruffler. Um, I'm the squeaky wheel, as you would say. And and I just never felt like the work I was doing was truly me. It, it didn't reach me on a soul level. So I went out on a limb and decided that I was going to change my entire photography studio and focus on uh, doing work empowering women and girls with body image because that's an issue that I had and something that I'm still actually battling and working on loving myself more. And so, literally overnight, um, on a weekend, I just started journaling. You know, what would I want to do if I just stepped outside of the box with this business and did something different? I became, you know, engrossed in this concept of girl empowerment, looking at psychology behind uh, leadership and women's leadership, uh, looking into emotional intelligence and building resiliency in children and all of this, all which I was also doing for my own girls that I was trying to raise to maybe not have the same blocks that I had. Mm -hmm. And I started just adapting and using some of these techniques with the girls that I was working with. So I'd spend time asking them questions and talking to them and getting to know them. And I was just blown away by their deep insight on the world and how they viewed the world. And the fact that I was asking them these questions blew them away. They didn't realize that adults could actually care about what it was they thought or felt um, or that thought they were smart. And so you know, I think the universe is amazing in hearing our hearts. And sometimes when it's hard for us to make a decision, the universe makes it for us. Mm -hmm. And so overnight, my shoot, my amazing multi six figure studio shut down overnight. Um, and that Whoa. was, kind of, yeah, that was a big aha moment, um, for me. And so I did a lot of soul searching, um, and that's when I launched Raising a Powerful Girl in 2017. Wow. So there's so much to unpack there, and I love it. I think it's a, such a great story and the journey of your own unfolding with the process and just even owning your own power and your own knowledge and your creativity. So what I heard you say, and I didn't actually think of people in medicine as creative. So as a paramedic, there was creativity in there, and, and that's really cool to actually to think about there is an art to whatever vocation you have. Yeah. And then the second part that I thought was beautiful was when your husband brought, bought you that camera because that little girl that wanted to be creative as a little girl and was being denied that, he just gave that gift back to you. And it was funny because you resisted it from the tech standpoint. Yeah. But then it opened up this beautiful world for you. 
and then it kept evolving. So let's take it to the next step because what I love on your website, and you even just said it with the camera, you're like, oh, it's too too high tech. Maria, you developed the app yourself. So (laughs) we have to talk about this because this is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show. Now, I think there's people out there who have an app idea and like myself, I have one, I've had one. And if it became a priority, maybe I'd follow through on it, but I wouldn't even consider doing it myself. So take us into that story. How did you decide to develop this app and why did you decide to do it yourself? And how did you know you could navigate the space at all? It's really fascinating to me. Yeah, sure. So, so when I launched, I launched Raising a Powerful Girl in 2017 and my goal was to work with moms. I still didn't quite have all of my messaging, all of my downloads from the universe, all my soul searching, whatnot done. And then that's when I launched my podcast. Um, I actually created a membership site online for parents where I was putting in um, curriculum, information, education on how to help them empower their own daughters. And so I, I do- dove into that project um, and that took a while to kind of learn how to do. So that was a good foundation for me to learn a little bit about coding, a little bit about developing something and designing something from from writing something on paper or drawing it out, which I'm still a very tactile person. Um, I have stacks of paper and notebooks on my desk because I still love to, to physically write something. So I would sketch out what I wanted it to look like. And then how do I translate that to something that you see visually on the computer? So that was the first step for this. But what's funny is that didn't pan out for me. I, you know, found that moms just didn't have the time to kind of work through their own trauma and their own layers that were on them to get rid of that and remove that to then be able to take in this new information and teach their daughters. There just Mm -hmm. wasn't time. And everyone just kept saying to me over and over again, Maria, you need to go back to doing something for the girls. But in my head, I was just so narrowed thinking in going back to photography. I knew that, that I couldn't do that, that that wasn't going to fulfill the need. So literally I, I was at a standstill for almost a year, really. Um, I kept working on this marketing, working on the podcast, doing a lot of soul searching. Um, I went through a bit of a traumatic experience. I lost a very close friend of ours, um, to cancer. And the, you know, I always say everything happens for a reason. Everything works out the way it's supposed to work out. And my company raising a powerful girl didn't launch because it gave me the opportunity to spend three months with this dear friend of ours and helping him and his wife and his girls as he transitioned on. Mm-hmm. And had had the company launched or been in the phase where it is right now, I wouldn't have had the time to do that. And I would have missed what was probably one of the most impactful moments of my life, um, being there for him. And so you know, he, so he passed and we went into summer and my girls, my lovely girls, four and nine, almost 10, Alexa and Daria decided that summer that they did not want to do summer camp. No mom, it's been a rough year. Um, I think, you know, the loss of the loss of their, you know, uncle was, was big on them and they wanted to be home all summer and let, let, I'll be brutally honest. Listen, I love my girls, but I love my alone time. They are too, feisty, amazing girls. They're very busy. And I'm just not the, I'm just not the mom to sit and do arts and crafts and play with them. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, let's see how this is going to go. And so the first six weeks were okay. And then towards the end of the other six (laughs) weeks of break, I was kind of losing it. And my oldest daughter, Alexa, um, you know, that beautiful baby that, that, um, has taught me what it means to be a mother and and a leader and, and all of this and, and, and 
where I started with the photography came to me one day and we're a low tech household. Um, my girls are in Montessori school. We don't have cable TV. We have one television and we do limited electronics. And she came to me and she's like, I want to play on the iPad. And I was like, no. And she's like, why not? And I was like, Alexa, because if there was something that was like good for you and that I felt good about, that was inspiring and educational. And it was like a productive use of your time and your brain space, then I would let you but that does not exist. And that beautiful, bold girl of mine took everything that I have done as a parent and as a mother and as a leader that I have used with her and flipped it on me and looked at me and said, well, why don't you create it? (laughs) And there you go. There you go. And I looked at her and I think I rolled my eyes. My inner nine-year-old came out and I rolled my eyes probably Mm -hmm. and huffed. And I was like, Alexa, I can't just go and create something. And I started walking away. And she came after me. She's like, no, no, no. Wait a minute, mom. She was like, like she totally mommed me on this. And she was like, can we just talk about this? I love and I was it. like, what, Alexa? She's like, but what would it look like? Can you just imagine with me? What w- This is what I do with her. This is what I've done when Aww. I've like helped women in business. What would it look like if you were to create something like this, mom? What would it have? And somewhere along the way, for so many of us as women, these layers of uh, that get placed on us, our own limiting beliefs, what society tells us we can or we cannot do, what we decide we can or cannot do, limit us. And I was sitting there festering in my own limitations I have placed on myself and that I let the world place on me. Well, and wait, I let's was- stop there just for a second. Not the recording, but just that thought, because I think that's actually hugely important. It's sort of the reason for this platform and just to plant that seed of possibility and to allow you to have the time and space to daydream and to desire and to vision, just like your daughter asked you to do. So I think that's really profound what you just said. Yeah. You know, and, and it was a big thing for me to work through and, you know, it, it was work. And I'll say it was work for me to work through this for me, even to get to the point of thinking of what would it look like, I I had to remove stuff. So I did a lot of journaling. I did a lot of soul searching. I did a lot of asking questions. The same techniques I've used with these girls, the same techniques I use with my daughters when I parent them. And so I started loving myself like I would love my girls. And I started parenting myself and talking to myself like I would talk to my girls. Why are you feeling this way? Where is this coming from? What could it be like if you were to get rid of that belief? You know, why are you holding on to that belief? Where did that belief come from? And doing all that digging and deep soul work. And that took a few weeks. Um, But I released so much negative baggage that I needed to release and got to the point where I started dreaming. Well, what if I were to create something like this? And I started just writing down everything from my work that I had learned with the girls that I was working with, from the stuff that um, were my own problems. You know, I put myself in, I I thought, what would eight-year-old Maria need, nine-year-old Maria? What did she need Mm. at eight, nine, 10, 15, so that she didn't have these beliefs in place that limited her so much. You know, we talk about doing all this personal development work when we're in our 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. Why aren't we teaching these skills to girls at an early age so mm-hmm. that they know they are limitless? And and that's where the concept for the app came. And so then was like, well, how do I make it? 
Well, that's I, that's why the fact that you're like, how can I make it? I'll just do it. <laughs> like, what? How, so how, how did, did I that make come it? Up? Yeah. So it just started, you know, I'm a researcher. I, I studied medicine. I was good at researching, um, you know, all the work that I've been doing for years. I was, just, I'm a self-taught photographer. Everything, everything I had done in my life had prepared me for this moment. Mm-hmm. I just didn't see it. I've been preparing for it all along. And so I started on Google, how to build an app. And, you know, <laughs> you, you follow the Google trail. And I think I followed the Google trail for like six hours solid in the office one day. Yeah. And I have my pad of paper there and ferociously taking notes and, um, you know, saving links and, and just started putting things together. And so um, I built the app and I built it the first time. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Okay. The first time you yeah. built it was for it to go as an app into um, the Apple store and into Google play. And that ended up, um, ended up pivoting from there. Wait, so how long did it take you to develop the first app though? Like a six hours on Google to learn, but then how long to actually develop this app? Six weeks working about 60 to 70 hours a week. That still seems fast to me. That's amazing. Okay. So then what happened? What did you realize? I built it. I was excited. Um, you know, and, and I was in the fear zone, you know, fear zone came up and it was time to submit it to Apple and to Google because you have to submit it to them. They have to check it out. They're going to send it back to you with things that you need to fix. Um, and you go from there. And so I'd gone through the whole process to become an Apple developer, Google developer, you pay for it. You have to do all of this paperwork and stuff with your business. Um, and I go and I submit the app to Apple and, and you know, we pop open a bottle of champagne. Here we go. It's going to be awesome. Right. <laughs> and of like, course. Yeah. Three days later, I get the bounce back from Apple with all of these bugs, one which was a major bug, and then Apple sent me all of their information on what it means to be an Apple developer and their payout schedule and how much money they retain off the sales of your app. And my soul was crushed Mm. in a flat-out instance. The, The one major bug I had was pretty big, and the fact that Apple takes 30% off the top of everything. And I was trying to keep this app low cost. Um, and another thing was that I was um, hoping, I'm hoping in the next 12 to 15 months to create a foundation through the Empowered Girl app where we actually give the app away to girls of lower income mm. um, families, girls that receive um, lunch for free at school, something something along those lines, a scholarship fund. Sure. Um, and Apple won't allow you to just give it away. Oh, and wow. So, that came up and I will, and they hold your money for 120 days. So for 120 days, people would be paying and Apple sits and holds on that money before they send it to you. And it just didn't feel good. Hmm. The idea of giving it away to the girls had just recently come into my head as I was thinking about growing the company later on in the, in the future. So that was my aha moment for me when I figured that out. I was like, this is why, this is why it got bounced back for me because it's not going to allow my later on vision because I want this. This needs to be something that can be accessed on a computer and a phone and a tablet and an iPad. Mm. So here I am again. I know what I want. And then I was like, oh my God, I don't even know what I'm going to create now. Like, how do I create something that can do all of that? And so you know, I got through that afternoon figuring out I had my new game plan. I knew what I needed to do um, and then spent the next day researching 
Um, and what I did is I ended up taking some technology that I had originally used in the membership site for Raising a Powerful Girl, and I used some of the experience and some of the information that I had learned in, in coding the app. And what I created was a web-based responsive application mm -hmm. that can be accessed from a computer, any mobile um, phone or tablet device, anything that, that can access a website web page and has internet, you can access it. Um, and I Wait, rebuilt that's amazing. it. So when you rebuilt it then, Maria, is it this essentially the same in terms of what it provided, just the accessibility shifted? Is that so the accessibility out? shifted, but the design became even better, which was oh. so amazing because I was really happy with how the layout was originally in the app. Then when I started shifting back to this manner, it actually allowed me to get even more creative and to use different technology inside of the platform and created an opportunity for this to scale and grow on a larger level. What was a downfall moment for me, um, I was able to look at and pivot brought me something closer to my bigger vision that I hadn't even seen. And now is something so much better than I had even imagined in the first place. So it was really an amazing experience. Yeah, that's an important lesson for all of us. I mean, I think we've all had those experiences where it looks like a door shut. And yeah. then actually what it is is a blessing in disguise. And there's that window wide open. Yep ready to go yeah. through. And so, yeah, I've experienced that many times in my life. So it's really, it's such a great lesson. You had a recent guest on your platform that I saw on your website that I found really interesting. So I was not familiar with Victoria Arlen, but I did see yeah. that she was on your website and you had interviewed her. Now she's an ESPN host, mm -hmm. a Paralympic gold medalist, mm -hmm. and was on Dancing with the Stars. And the interview with her touched me so deeply. And one of the messages that came across was how she just wasn't, you know, considered a quote unquote cool kid. Um, you know, I really hate that phrase so much, but right. And, um, you know, I think that your daughter had a, a reaction to it that I thought was really beautiful. Could you share that after what she felt after she watched that interview with you and Victoria? Yeah, sure. So um, part of our platform is we have this whole section called the Inspiring Story Series, where I interview girls and women that are doing really amazing things that have overcome challenges um, and different lessons that I'm trying to teach girls through that. And so I, you know, getting the interview with Victoria Arlen for me was a lifetime achievement. And, and I'll say this because I was um, <clears throat> at a women's conference. I was helping out actually doing some photography and I had backstage access and I had heard Victoria speak. And so when Victoria was um, 11 years old, she contracted two rare diseases and basically went into a vegetative state and coma for four years. Mm. She was trapped inside her body, though. Her brain was working fine. She heard everything everyone was saying. They were talking about how she was a vegetable, how she wasn't going to live, all of this stuff. And, and her authenticity, her vulnerability on stage was so powerful for me and raw that it moved me to a place where I was like, I have to get out of my own comfort zone and find my courage and approach her and, and ask her um, for an interview. And I hadn't launched the Empowered Girl app yet. And so it like there was a lot of like really like shaking, sweating. I felt nauseous. Remember, I'm an introvert, not an extrovert. Mm. And I approached her and I told her about what I was doing. And she was amazing. And she was like, yes, here's my um, my my. Um, 
personal assistance information, contact her, we'll set it up. And, and it went through and I almost had this, like, I can't believe this is actually happening. And she was extremely vulnerable and candid during the interview. She just sat in her home. Um, this is a girl that is, you know, watched out by media, was on Dancing with the Stars, is a major speaker, um, celebrity status. Um, and she was really amazing with the girls. Um, and I found out I had so much more in common with her. And my oldest daughter, Alexa, is very much like me. She's a deep feeler. She's very sensitive. Um, she doesn't like people fighting. She doesn't understand why girls get catty. Um, and she was really having a hard time in the last two years with the typical girl drama that comes up. And there's only so much that I can teach her myself. And that was one of the reasons that I did the inspiring stories, because when I'm interviewing these girls and these women, I'm asking questions to elicit a response that I want my daughters to hear and everyone else to hear. And so I was really hoping that Alexa would get something out of the interview. And we talked about, um, how when Victoria was in high school, she was in a wheelchair. So Victoria came out of her coma, um, lost, had, was a paraplegic. She couldn't, um, use her legs. She couldn't feel them. So in high school, she was in a wheelchair and she was bullied at school really, really badly to the point where she only had one friend and she shared that. And I was like, wow. Um, and she went to the, uh, um, Olympics and she was bullied at the Olympics for I being an underdog. I, I, this is, I read that and, and just was shaking my head. I was like, yep. I don't even understand the mindset that could create such ugly behavior for right. just so awful, right. especially for somebody who's in the Olympics, I mean, you got to train pretty hard for that. So the fact that they were not being kind and bullying was just unfathomable to me. Yeah. Well, she was the underdog. She came out of nowhere. She wasn't on the scene. And so for her to come out, you know, caused a lot of, you know, feather ruffling. And I saw so many similarities between her story and my own story in life as a certain way. And, and, you know, Victoria, at one point she goes, you know, I just stuck to myself and, and I didn't, I don't need a lot of friends. One amazing friend is all you need. And I chose not to engage with people that didn't make me feel good. I didn't want the drama. If you didn't add to my life and make it positive, then I didn't want to be around you. And she said, you know, I wasn't one of the cool kids. And I said, neither was I. And the interview was amazing and beautiful. And um, my husband and, and, and my girls, usually Alexa, in the evening will watch the inspiring stories together. And um, I don't know, I don't like to watch them, I think, is with her because I'm a little self-conscious still. And the next morning we were driving to school um, and I'd asked her, you know, what she thought of the interview. And she was like, oh, I really loved it. And everything was great. And it was her snack day at school. Um, so she was bringing in snack into school to share. And then that meant she got to pick three people to sit with her for snack and mm. share snack together. So I picked her up from school that afternoon and I said, you know, hey, how was your snack day today? Who did you sit with? And she listed off three children's names. Now, these are kids that she doesn't usually sit with or hang out with. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a really interesting group of people. Why did you choose that group of people to sit with? And she's like, you know, mom, I was really thinking about what Victoria said. And I just don't want the drama in my life anymore. I don't want to be around people anymore that don't make me feel good. It's not worth it, mom. And, and I just don't want it. And I'd rather have one friend mm. than, than, than have a lot. And so I picked people that have no drama and that make me feel good. And I literally almost had to pull over on the side of the road Aww. because my eyes welled up and I was like, 
it worked. Like this, there's only so much that we can say as moms yes. that our girls will listen to yes. because they have to hear it from other people in yes. other places and they have to come to the conclusions their own way. Mm-hmm. And this clicked so well that I was like, my gosh, like this idea, this concept, this dream is working. And it it. was such validation. Maria, I love that story so much. And that's, I'm so grateful for you to share it in depth because I think it's true. I think our girls or our children, you know, sometimes they have that selective hearing where you know they're hearing you, but they're not acknowledging that they're hearing you. And it's, I know that it's going in and they believe us but there's something very powerful about a role model. So, you know, Victoria, right. she's, what is she, in her early 20s? Yep. Yeah. So there's a young woman in her early 20s who's on Dancing with the Stars. And, you know, she became, she becomes a role model and someone that they can relate to. And, oh, she wasn't the cool kid or she wasn't bullied. And the truth is, you know, even if you're listening as a woman without a child, you can either relate to feeling like the outsider as, as a kid or even as an adult. You know, you know, women bullying other women or talking behind their back and all of that. And I feel like there's an opportunity to change the conversation and that you are doing that with this app. So this is great. Like, this is one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on. So that's really cool that I have something now that um, is easy to scale and grow and change and and it evolve and innovate with me as my business continues to grow. A big part of what we're trying to do with the inspiring story section of the app is to show girls that a lot of what they're feeling, a lot of the things that they struggle with, that they lack confidence in or that are hard for them, other girls are feeling as well. Because one of the leading factors um, for depression and anxiety in young girls today is isolation. And isolation happens because they feel like they're alone in their own thoughts and in their own experience. And I learned this when I became a mom um, from what I thought you know, motherhood was supposed to look like to the reality of motherhood was because back then people weren't really talking about like the other side of motherhood. So I felt very isolated and like something was wrong with me. And it was not until I finally got some great mom friends that were like, oh yeah, everything you're feeling is normal, that it started to normalize my own motherhood experience, which then decreased my anxiety and and made my experience feel normal. So we want girls to know that they're not alone in how they feel, that it's normal, and that there's other girls out there feeling the same way. And then we're giving them tools and support that they need to move past that in a powerful and healthy way. Um, and so, so we're able to do that. And so that's the big thing is getting these girls globally. So they'll be featured on our blog at the empowered girl app. And, and, and the, our blog is free for everyone to read. It's not even inside because I'm big on, on creating and giving back a lot of, um, free contact, um, you know, free information, just like the, you can see a clip of the Victoria Arlen interview on our blog, it's a quick sneak sneak peek. I think it's like three minutes long. Her full interview is 30 minutes long, which is inside of our platform. So what do you think is contributing then to the rate, the rising rate of anxiety and depression in girls? You know, I think a lot of it is a lack of, um, of tools. It, uh, deep down to the heart of it, it, it's what I believe because so, and, and this society view of a Band-Aid fix. Everybody wants to fix everything with a medication or now it's an herbal supplement to fix all the issues. And what we're not doing is we're not teaching kids 
techniques on how to self-regulate. We're just expecting kids to self-regulate their behavior. We're teaching, we're, we expect kids to have, to just not have anxiety. Well, you know, if you know anything about biology and physiology, anxiety is a normal reaction to a flight or fight response. It's caused by adrenaline. So it's not that anxiety is bad. It's not that stress is bad. It's lingering in that emotion for a long period of time that becomes a problem when it hinders them from being able to um, move through the emotion or it's stopping them from excelling at something or or, or doing something, that's when it becomes a problem. And that's when you can give kids tools on how to do that. So are you, are you stressed? Are you having a hard time sleeping? Um, you know, we have a meditation in, um, we, we do a lot of meditations inside of the the app. We have one for when you can't sleep. And I'll tell you, I love poking on there every single night because I usually see 15 to 25 girls on meditation for when you can't sleep. Or we're teaching them how to bullet journal. We're teaching girls how to do daily affirmations. We're teaching girls gratitude practice. Um, People that have daily gratitude practice, science tells us, are happier, are more fulfilled in their lives, has less stress and anxiety. We're teaching girls about mindfulness. We're teaching them about how to breathe deeply. Uh, We're giving them tools to push through those emotions. We talk about emotional intelligence, what that is. Um, and, and that's what they need, but nobody teaches this stuff. It's Um, because the adults are learning it too. (laughs) Yeah. Or our education system is not set up for the time or the space to do it, but we know that this stuff works. Um, and so I think that if kids had these tools, then we would see, you know, a decrease because the science is, is, is showing us that, um, you look at any of the big researchers at Harvard and Yale, um, that are doing stuff on emotional intelligence. All of the science says that you give the kids the tools that they need to deal with their anxiety at a young age, they will manage it, but we're not doing that. Yeah, no, I think it's true. And I think, again, I think it's because a lot of adults don't have those tools and are either learning them themselves or, or just managing and coping versus, finding solutions for their own anxiety yeah. and pain. So it's a, yeah. it becomes a cycle. I'm very hopeful for this next generation of kids, actually. I think that they're going to be the change agents. And I do think that a lot of them are way more emotionally intelligent already, just like what you said with your daughter. With, I know you had fostered that with the questions that you asked her, but um, I think that we are more aware, too, as parents, even though we're parenting differently than our parents, and our kids are more in tune and asking the right questions and, uh, have good hearts. I don't know. I'm just a very hopeful person. And I do, I believe that. And with your app and people like you, I think that the, there's so much more hope in terms of creating that foundation and giving them the tools. Um, but that lets me, um, kind of go to, you know, a couple other questions before we wrap up, which is, you know, your app, I will absolutely link to, and I think it's amazing. Um, but are there any other favorite resources that you have that you can recommend that is empowering for girls or even children? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, something I love about this whole journey is that it's connected me to so many incredible people all over the world that are putting their hand into this entire mission of empowering not just girls, but boys too. Um, So, you know, another great resource for parents is actually our podcast. So I'll promote another thing of mine at raisingapowerfulgirl.com, the podcast that you were on, um, where we give a lot of tips and techniques 
Um, a, a great colleague of mine, Sarah Beach, um, is the founder and creative director of Strong, the magazine for girls. They, she, she's amazing. Sarah is um, from the UK, is here in the US now, and she wanted her girls to be able to go to the store and pick out a magazine that wasn't 17 and talking about like, you know, how to impress a boy or get the next date or, or whatnot. So it's actually a print magazine. Like we're going back to like print, which I love. They also have a digital copy as well. And, and it's a really thoughtful, smart magazine. Um, and you know, I've, I've worked with Sarah closely on some things and she's really incredible. They, they've had some great topics from talking about your period and using different type of menstrual products to talking about women in STEM and steam. Um, you know, I was connecting her the other day to to, um, two girls that I interviewed talking about girls' favorite literacy um, heroines. So really great articles in there. So they're a great resource. Um, there's a great company called Princess Awesome Girls. Um, they are doing amazing stuff with clothing. Have you ever thought about girls' clothing and how, like, the fact that most girls' clothing don't have pockets? So if I actually you're haven't thought about it. <laughs> they don't have pockets. I never like, thought my- about it. My girls love to explore. You know, we live in um, a great little area in Connecticut, right on a river. Um, my girls are outside playing, mm-hmm. and they would get so frustrated because they love to collect acorns and rocks and all kinds of things, and they don't have pockets. But boys' clothes have pockets, and boys' you know, pockets are supposed to be filled with rocks and yo-yos and frogs and stuff, but not girls. So Princess Awesome Girls is redefining girls' clothing by including pockets in their dresses, you know, in the pants. And they're using really cool patterns like girls that like to fly. They have a cool partnership they did with JetBlue recently with airplanes on there. And they have a female pilot that did some work with them. They've got my, um, my youngest loves dinosaurs. So they've got dresses with like cool dinosaurs on it and fire trucks and you're giving girls options to explore all different things through clothing because clothing can have a really big impact in empowering girls. Maria, I just want to wrap up with one question. Can you leave the women listening with your three best pieces of empowerment advice based on your experience? Yeah, so they may not sound profound, but I will tell you that these three pieces of advice have been the most impactful in my life. Um, the first is... Uh, to get in touch with your authentic self. And what that means is to really learn to be brutally honest. When I talked about that experience this past summer of having to, um, when I got angry and upset about the concept of, of creating an app and these limitations to do some digging on, you know, who are you, you know, when you were nine years old or 10 years old, think back to that. What did that girl look like? What did she believe? What was her spirit like? And, and what layers have, have been put on you or have you placed on yourself that have changed you? Um, and, and maybe not for the way that you want to, to, so try to do some work on, on getting in touch with your true authentic self, um, and rediscovering who you are, because I think things happen in our lives where we get to a point where sometimes we lose ourselves a little bit. I know it happens a lot to women when they become moms, um, and to be able to reconnect with that is is extremely powerful and extremely important. Um, and then when when you do that, I think you're able to get in touch with your intuition or that gut feeling, which is so 
so, so important. And this is something that I teach my daughters and that we teach girls. Your intuition, your gut feeling is one of the most powerful tools that you have. And there's science behind it. You know, we really only know what's going on with 20% of our brain. The rest of it, we actually don't know what's going on there. And I think there's this higher power, this, this higher version of ourselves that gives us these little signals in our bodies that help us on our journey. And um, you've used it as a paramedic. Um, intuitive moments. I've always been very in tune with my intuition, sometimes more than others. And there have been so many moments in my life where I've made a decision that would probably counteract any sound knowledge (laughs) or any decision you would think I would make with something going by my gut. And it saved um, a patient's life. It's saved my daughter's life multiple times. Um, When she was younger, she had health issues. Um, In business, it's been critical for me. The times that I've gone against my gut, I've felt it right away. We always second guess ourselves. Stop second guess yourself. The first thing that pops in your head, do it, act on it. Almost always it's going to be right. And the last is to be gentle to yourself. Um, Talk to yourself the way that you would console a child or friend. Um, I will tell you, I I probably say to myself three or four times a day, um, love yourself, Maria. Be kind to yourself. This is okay. I understand this is hard for you. I understand you're frustrated. You're amazing. You are loved. You are worthy. Take the time that you need. And I've started talking to myself in that manner. And I think what that's brought back is it's helped me to learn to really love myself, which is something that I, I never really had. Um, and, and I think that's really important that we are really gentle with ourselves, that we love ourselves, um, that we give ourselves grace and um, because this this journey um, is just filled with so much emotion and up and down and, you know, staying true to you and loving you is, is really just going to help you on that journey so much more. Um, I loved all of those, Maria, so much and couldn't agree with you more on all of them. Uh, absolutely. And I do that with my daughter with about intuition. We talk about intuition a lot, yeah. a lot. Um, but loving yourself is so key. And um, thank you. Those were beautiful. Where can people find you? Your website, um, I'll link to everything, but why don't you just list off your different places people can find you? Sure. So for social media, uh, you can find us at raisingapowerfulgirl.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram. And the two websites, you can find um, www.raisingapowerfulgirl.com. You can find our podcast, um, and that area is geared towards parents. And then our app for girls is www.empoweredgirlappapp.com. Thank you so much. I've loved this conversation and so appreciate your time today. Thank you. It was so much fun. Thank you for having me. What a great interview. I really enjoyed connecting with Maria and I love her energy and her mission. And I'd love to hear what resonated for you. What was your key takeaway from today's episode? You can come over to thegoodlifecoach.com slash 012. And in the comments section, let me know what you took away from today's conversation, I would say my coach tip would be based on what we talked about is that if you have something brewing inside, whether you want to develop an app, you want to launch a business, you want to get healthy and strong, whatever it is you're looking to do, take action. Don't worry about getting everything perfect at first. Just take the first step to get you on your path. 
and let me know what you do. I'd love to hear if any of these stories help inspire you in some way. I do also want to mention that as you listen to this podcast or any of them, if somebody comes to mind who you think would benefit from the information, please take a minute to share it. It's so easy to do. Thanks so much for taking the time to tune in. And I look forward to connecting with you next week. I've got some really cool experts coming on soon and have another solo episode where I'll be talking about the art of manifesting. So look forward to reconnecting next Wednesday. Bye for now.